Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Today, what we're going to do is we're going to start a new series that, uh, as we come into uh, the September season, and uh, we're going to be looking at a series called Matters of the Heart. And really, as we, we're a pretty young church, about three and a half years old. We have our fourth birthday here coming up in a couple months. And when we started the church, we started the church with 10 weeks uh, talking about our values. And I thought we would go back to that. But I wanted to do uh, this time is maybe drill down a little bit deeper into how that impacts us as individuals as well. And so we're talking about our values. And as you know, values really are a way for us to articulate who you are and how you make the decisions in your life. And those values kind of are a guidepost for your life, being able to guide you for why you do what you do and who you are. And our heart would be, as we gather on Sundays and throughout the week and in groups, that the outcome, the kind of product or the disciple, our hope would be is that you would experience the fruit of these values and that these things would percolate in your life. Our ultimate goal is to be like Jesus, amen, to pursue a relationship with him and to be like him and obviously to obey the entirety of his scripture and his word and apply and adapt our lives to who he says uh, we should be throughout his word. And as we look at that, we're just going to look at 10, uh, 10 different things over the next few weeks. We'll kind of combine some and just really look at what these values represent as a church. And so these, all of these values are matters of the heart. And so I'm not going to uh, talk about all of them today, but I do want you to know that you are welcome to go to our website and check out all of our values there if you'd like to kind of get a sneak peek of where we're going. Uh, but today we're just going to talk about the very first one, which I think is the most important one. But I need you to do me a favor here. Uh, those of you who have been to church uh, and know the Bible, you might hear this first value and kind of check out. I want to encourage you not to do that. Because what we're going to do is we're going to talk today about something that I really believe will help bring revelation to your life on a very simple, common truth that you would know. But hopefully what I'll do is take you through the scripture today. And by the end, you'll understand uh, something different about this value that maybe you've heard uh, in, in a lot of places. And if it's your first time to church today, and maybe you've never heard this before, I hope this is an encouraging good news for you today. As we look at our first value, we love God. And we love people. Loving God and loving people is a matter of the heart. And so what we're going to focus on today is just this idea of loving God and loving people. And uh, I know for most of us who've been to church for a long time, you're probably like me when I started studying this, thinking, oh, we already know this. But I just don't know if we know exactly what I'm going to share with you today. Now, our key text here, we have two key texts. Our first one is just to introduce this idea. In Matthew chapter 22, verse 36, 37, and 39, a religious teacher came to Jesus, and he said, hey, Jesus, I'm a religious teacher. Why don't you tell me what is the most important law in all of the 600-plus laws that are in the Old Testament Mosaic law? They, they were They were Jewish people who followed this Jewish law. And Jesus came and said, why don't you break it down into most important, just so we can kind of focus on that. And Jesus says in this verse, uh, he says, love the Lord your God with all your heart. And then he says, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. So your love for God will be expressed in your love for people. And your love for people will be an expression of your love for God. And so now you have to understand something about this type of love we're going to talk about today. This isn't the type of love that talks about how you love your mama. Now, I love your mama. She's watching online right now. Our 11 o'clock is streamed live as well as our 7 p.m. I love you, mama, and you're the best mama. And I bet you if any mama in this room had to take my mama to a fight, she'd beat you because she's like knows kung fu and stuff. But she would take you out. 
So I love my mama, but, but it's a preference. I'm sure you think your mama's better than my mama, and let's just check that out and see if that happens in a fist fight. No, I'm just kidding. Like, my, my mama's better, but that's preference. No, like, or saying, like, I love pizza. You know, my favorite pizza is in my hometown, Portland, Oregon, and on Northwest 23rd, they have this thing called New York pizza. It's the probably the grossest pizza you've ever tasted, but to me, I love it because it brings back home for me. And so it's thin sliced pizza, it's a dollar, and it's disgusting, it really is, but it, I love it. And so you might like different pizza than I like, that's called preferential love. That's called love that is attached to a feeling, a love that is attached to an idea or an emotion. So this type of love is preferential love, which is mostly the love that we experience on a regular basis, but not the love that we are talking about today. We want to talk about a different type of love. And we're going to look at 1 John chapter 4. Now, John, I call him the love doctor because John is just like all his books are on love. He wrote the, the book of John in the Gospels. He wrote 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. He wrote the book of Revelation. John was Jesus's best friend. Jesus loved John. They were best buddies. And so John really had an experience with God's love being the best friend of Jesus. And so he wrote in the verse today something that I believe is revolutionary. I always believe that the most revolutionary scriptures are the most simple. And I find that when I read simple verses, I often overlook the realities of the depth upon depth of revelation that God wants to show us today. So as we read this verse, really follow the words and look at what this verse says. First John chapter four, verse seven uh, to 12. It says this, dear friends, let us continue to love one another for love comes from God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God, but anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. God showed how much he loved us by sending his, his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. This is real love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. Dear friends, since God loved us that much, we surely ought to love each other. No one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and this love is brought to full expression in us. Now, I, I hope you caught the first part. It says that love comes from God. Now, the type of love that we're talking about today we, you and I as humans, do not have the capacity to love in the way we're talking about today. You might experience love with your spouse or love with your children or love with your friends. And that type of love is deep and genuine and it's authentic and it's real. But it's not the type of love we're talking about today because as humans, you and I cannot accomplish the love that we're talking about today unless we experience the love of Jesus in our lives. See, this type of love that we're talking about today, it comes from God and from God alone. So even though you experience love from your friends and you experience love for your children, you experience love in this world that's real and it's tangible, that love actually has a point where it will break down. That love is not ultimately genuine like the love that I'm talking about today. Now, yes, we love people. And yes, we care about people. And yes, we want to be good people. And yes, we want to love as best as we can. But the love that I'm talking about today, the ability to love God, and love people is deeper and only comes from God. We can only receive it from him. 
And as it says in this verse, it only comes from God that this is real love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us. So it says here that the way this real love looks like is that Jesus Christ came to the earth and he died on a cross, was buried in a grave, and he rose on the third day. Jesus died as a sacrifice to show us what this love looked like. He, he showed us this word love by dying on a cross. Now, this word love, as most of you would know, is the word agape. And this word agape is the word affection, benevolent, charitable. This word agape in this verse actually is the, the Greek word unconditional. This word unconditional means without conditions. It means without expectations. It means without limits. It means without bounds. It means it never changes. It always stays the same. This type of love is a love with no strings attached. A love that has no string attached. Jesus taught this love. Jesus lived this love. And the type of love that Jesus exemplified on the earth is a type of love where he cared about the well-being of other people without expecting anything in return. Love with no strings. Love with no conditions. Love with no bounds. That type of love only comes from God. So that type of love is actually a heart issue for us. It comes down to the reality of our hearts. The reality is that this is the hard part of, of this, this thought today, is that we all know that our love is not always unconditional. And we know that our love sometimes has a bit of an agenda. That even though we're good people, and even though at times we want to do good, the reality is that you and I don't have the capacity to love in this way unconditionally. Left into ourselves, our love is not unconditional. Our love often has strings attached. Our love often has things that are surrounding around it that benefit us in the long run. And even though you say, Ryan, I'm a good person. I want to be too. I want to be a good person. I want to love people. At the end of the day, the type of love that God gives us is not the type of love that you and I can have without God. This love that we have is, is often ultimately stemming from selfish motivation. Now you say, right, how do you know that? Well, the scripture teaches us this. Jeremiah 17 says this, the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. This is a great message, isn't it? Very encouraging. <laughs> the human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows how bad it is? This is Jesus, God talking. Uh, but I, the Lord, search all hearts and examine secret motives. Now, this is hard to hear. Trust me, it was hard for me to study. But as, 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 as much as we want to give love out of goodness, the reality is, is that our heart cannot be trusted. Our heart is crafty. Our heart is deceitful. Our heart is cunning. Our heart is crafty. And this verse tells us that without even realizing it at times, there's a secret motivation without even knowing it. So let me give us some credit here. Often our heart is to do good, but in reality, we're unaware of our secret motivation that might actually be to serve ourselves rather than this person. And at times we just do it and we don't even realize it, that we're loving you with a return on my investment, that if I love you in this way, that I know that you're going to love me back in this way, that if I do this for God, then God's going to bless me, that if I to love people, then I'll make it to heaven. If I, if I don't love people, then he's 
he's going to send me to hell. If I love this person, then I know they'll do this, and I know that they're going to do this for me because I did that for them. We don't even realize it, but we calculate in the wickedness of our heart because we were born as human depraved people. That's okay. That's why we have a relationship with Jesus Christ because he turns our depraved hearts and he transforms them for his good. And see, what happens in our lives is that we often have these selfish, rooted motivations that are a return on our investment, and I call it a string. We engage a relationship knowing that there is a string attached at times, and I would say most of the time, let's give it some credit, most of the time we don't even realize there's a string attached. Most of the time we don't even realize that this is our thinking but I want you to know today that this is not the type of love that not only Jesus gives you, but he not, this is not the type of love that he wants you to give him or others. His love is so different. His love is without strings. His love is not fake. His love is genuine. His love is without condition. His love is unconditional. He loves you without reason. And he loved you first before you loved him. It is unmerited. There's, you've done nothing to deserve it. You will never do anything to deserve it. The love of God is wide and deep and high and long and he has it for you and he loves you no matter where you've been, no matter what you've done, no matter what you will do. God's grace and his love is for you. And guess what? Just because, because he loves you, because you're his creation, because he cares for you. Look what it says in Ephesians chapter, uh, Ephesians chapter uh, two, verse eight, and nine, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. This is a gift of God. Not by works, not by what I do, not by how many times I go to church or read my Bible or give my money or I'm nice to these people or give to homeless people or I do nice things or I do the dishes for my wife so that she'll love me or all these different things. I used to do that and sometimes I still do. I do the dishes because I know when she comes home, she's going to be very upset with me. So I do the dishes so she's not mad at me. But in reality, I should do the dishes just because I love her, right? See, even in the smallest of things, we forget that God's love for us is unconditional and it's a gift and it's not for myself and it's not by anything I do. It's just a free gift for you, unmerited. Un it's just favor and he just loves you and he just, just because. This is the type of love that we can experience. So you say, okay, Ryan, so my heart is, as you say, uh, the scripture says wicked or it can't be trusted or... So how are we supposed to love with agape? How am I supposed to love unconditionally? How am I supposed to give this type of love that you're saying God gives me? See, it's very clear in scripture how to do this. This is what it says in verse John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. I want you to catch this. It's a simple verse. You and I love. You and I unconditionally agape love in our relationships and for God. Why? Simply because he first loved us. His unconditional love for us when we were still sinners, his unconditional love for us when we don't deserve it is the very thing that gives us the capacity to love others with no strings attached. We love because he first loved us. Us. And when we can accept this love, the scripture actually promises something unbelievable for your life. Look at this verse in Ephesians chapter three. It's Paul is praying for the church in Ephesus and he's praying this prayer for them. Look what he says. I pray that you being rooted and established in love may have power together with all the Lord's holy people. So he says, I pray that you might have the power to grasp 
how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now, I don't know about you, but that seems pretty stinking amazing. <laughs> to be filled to the fullest of the measure of God. That is the result of what this verse is teaching. And Paul is praying this. He says, I pray that you might be able to grasp it with your thinking. He says, I pray that you might be able to lay a hold of it with your mind. I pray that you might be able to get your mind wrapped around the love of God, that it is so high and so deep and so long. I find it interesting that Paul's prayer started with your mind. And how you and I, in the areas of our thinking, often sabotage God's love for us because in our mind, we talk ourselves out of receiving the love of God because we don't think we deserve it. Because we don't think, and guess what? You don't. See, what happens in our brains is our minds start to turn. And Paul's praying here, would you grasp it? Would you comprehend it? Would you wrap your brain around the idea that God's love is so hot and so wide and so deep and so long that you will never be able to wrap your brain around how big God's love is and how you don't deserve it and how beautiful it is and how free it is and how he lavishes it on you. You will never come to a place in your life where your mental brain will be able to finally figure out how this works. It's just free. It's just yours. He just loves you. He just cares for you. He wants the best for you. And you say, it just doesn't make any sense to me. Did you see what I did last week? Did you see the mistakes that I've made? Did you see the person that I mistreated? Did you see, I just don't deserve it? God says, that's the point. Stop trying to wrap your brain around something that is so big and so enormous and just accept it in your mind that finally, God, you just love me and I don't deserve it. I get it and I'm just gonna enjoy it and I'm gonna embrace it and I'm gonna have fun with it knowing that no matter what I do will never amount to the grace and the love and the mercy and the favor that you have for me because I can never do anything to deserve it. See, Paul prayed that your mind, I pray that your mind will stop playing tricks on you. I pray that your mind will stop lying to you. I pray that your mind will stop talking you out of it and saying this and this and this. God's saying, stop it. Just accept it. It's too big for you to wrap your brain around. Accept that. You, as a human, will never be able to put your eye or your mind around the realities and the normity of God's love for you. So just stop trying and accept it. Give up, for goodness sakes. You're tiring yourself out. Just accept the grace and the love of Jesus and just say, okay. Every time my mind tries to lie to me, I'm going to say, no, 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 no. I pray that my mind will be able to grasp the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus Christ for my life, that even when I was in sin, he loved me. Look at this, Romans 5, 8. God demonstrated his own love for this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Yeah. It wasn't because you came to him. It was because he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. That's it. Unconditionally. With your quirky personality. And the weird things you like. And the little 
irritating quirks that you have. You don't roll the toothpaste up or you, you know, you got stuff in your teeth or maybe you have little think things, certain things are funny when they're not or little quirks about you that you think disqualify you or your past or your upbringing or what a man did you or a woman did you or a relationship you had. There is nothing that can separate you from God's love. Amen. Nothing. He loves you. Get over it and accept it. This is the starting point of being able to unconditionally love someone else. Look what he says in this verse. He also says, I pray that you'd be able to know. That word know is the word gnosko, Greek word gnosko. It's the word experience. It's the Jewish idiom used to define a sexual relationship between a married man and a married woman. It was how Jews defined that sexual relation, that intimate moment between a man and a woman where there's intimacy, mind, body, spirit, soul, intertwined as one. That beautiful picture of experience, which means as Paul's saying, it's got to go past your brain to your heart. You've got to finally allow the grace and the mercy and the love of God to impact your entire person. You can't just think it in your head. You can't just have this mental faculties that, yeah, I know God loves me. And yeah, I know I'm supposed to love people. Good. You got that. But now you need to let it change your life. His love comes to you and it impacts your mind, your body, your spirit, your soul. It's an intimate word. But what do you and I do? We sabotage it. I have made the most legitimately terrible mistakes in my marriage. So many mistakes that my wife could have permission to divorce me in a heartbeat. I don't deserve this woman, Stephanie. Plain and simple. And if you knew us, you'd say, ah, he's right. <laughs> I made so many foolish mistakes in my relationship that my wife had enough permission to walk away from me. Yet now, even now, after 15 years of being married, when my wife tries to tell me I love you or she speaks life into me or she en engages me physically or she tries to kiss me, even still, there's this internal narrative in my mind that I'm not good enough. No, no, no. And I shut her down because I feel shame about who I am as a person on the inside. I feel like, oh, I've hurt too many people. I don't want to get hurt again. Or I've been down this path, God. I put my faith in you, and then my whole life fell apart, God. No, I don't want to go there again. So I know you love me, and I love you, but I'm going to stand at arm's length. I get it in my brain, but I ain't going to let it touch my heart. And see, what we have to understand is the way for you to unconditionally love God with those strings attached and to love people. You've got to let the love of God permeate your heart, your mind, your spirit, and your soul once and for all. Stop trying to convince God that you're not worth it because guess what? You're not. We're not worth it. We don't deserve it. But the love and the grace and the mercy of Jesus, that when he tries to come and embrace you with his love, and you say, oh, that's far enough, God. Thank you. Like, I appreciate that you want to change the brokenness and bitterness in my heart, but it just hurts too much. And I don't want to be exposed. I don't want to be vulnerable, God. I don't want anyone to know. I, I really feel vulnerable in this moment. So, God, I'm just going to keep you at arm's length. And I'm going to go to church. And I'm going to pray. And I'm going to give my money. And I'm going to do all the right things, God. Because I know you love me. But I'm not going to let you permeate and transform my life. Because I don't want what's on in the side of me to come out of me. I don't want anyone to see it. I feel shame and guilt. And I feel rejection, God. So just stand back. And see, what God wants to do is he just wants to put your hand down and say, son and daughter, I created you. Don't you think I know about the skeletons in your closet? 
Don't you think I know the deepest and darkest secrets of your life and the areas of your life where you feel shame and rejection and you feel like you're a nobody and nothing and you feel like you can't go that? Don't you think I already know that? I am all knowing. He says, I'm your father. I created you. Just come out from the shadows and let me finally love you and hold on to you and pour into your life. I'm going to heal the bitterness. I'm going to heal the wounds of the past. I'm going to heal the areas where you've been broken. I'm going to heal that relationship. I'm going to heal all those things, but you have to put your arm down. Stop just letting it touch your brain and start letting it impact your heart. So you and I have to understand something about Jesus. Verse Romans 8, 38, I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love. Neither death, nor life, neither angels, nor demons, neither our fears for today or our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. So whatever excuse you have to shut your mind down or shut your heart down, it, it won't work because nothing can separate you from the love of Jesus Christ. You'll never understand it. You'll never get it. You'll never be able to amount to it. Just get over it and accept it. It's free. It's a gift. It's undeserved. And it's yours. All we have to do is simply believe and receive. Now, I want to help you understand something as we end our time together. We love because... He first loved us. Now, what happens in our lives is that we begin to allow God to come and change us. We begin to grasp it in our mind. We begin to allow our minds to finally accept that no matter what my brain tells me, He loves me. And what happens is He starts to fill us up. We experience the presence of the Lord. Our mind begins to be renewed. We begin to be changed. His love is pouring out in our hearts. And our minds are no longer trying, winning this battle. Our minds no longer can win this fight because my mind belongs to God and His love. And I've given it to Him. And yeah, I'm still going to struggle. But at the end of the day, God wins. And so He begins to fill me up. And then what happens is I say, okay, I'm going to put my arm down and I'm going to begin to let God love me and change my heart and change my mind and heal me and transform me. And I'm just going to let Him do that. And what happens is it says He fills you to the fullest measure of God. The word they're filled is like filled to the brim. When you're filled to the brim with God's love, don't you know there's joy exuding from your life? Don't you know there's peace and there's joy and there's happiness? And yeah, life might not be perfect. You might be in debt, might have hardship and your marriage might not be perfect. But inside you are experiencing the joy and the love and the mercy of God. He fills you to the brim. And what happens is as he begins to pour out his love on you, what happens? It begins to overflow. And this is the unconditional love for God. This is the unconditional love for others. This is the unconditional love for God and for others and for people. No strings attached, no agenda, nothing behind it, just you being overflow. See, the overflow is where we love God. The overflow is where we love people. But if you can't allow the Holy Spirit to come and love you in your mind and your heart, you're only loving God and people from a religious mindset. He wants to pour out his love on you. And you say, well, well I got to love my neighbor and love God. Well, I don't have to do that. It just happens. I just find myself loving people. Even when they put me on a cross and crucify me. Even when my closest friend abandons me. 
even when your wife leaves you or your friends hurt you. Jesus was being crucified on a cross and he looked down at his accusers. Because he loved them with no string attached, he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And when we experience the unconditional love and mercy and grace and power of God in our lives, what happens is that even when you're hurt and even when that pastor is rude to you and even when that coworker treats you bad and even when you are crucified, you can say, I forgive you. Why? Because I never loved you with a string attached. I never had an expectation. I never assumed anything about you. I just assumed the best. I, why? Because I love Jesus, because Jesus loves me. I can only love you because I first received his love in my mind, in my heart, in my body. I just received it finally. And now I can go through life not being wounded and bitter and hurt and all that person did this and that guy did that and this we just live this life all hurt you don't have to live hurt anymore you don't have to be wounded anymore you don't have to be broken anymore why because Jesus died on the cross to express real love to you that you could say all right this is real love meaning nothing can stop me nothing can hurt me yeah you feel it but you don't hold on to it and you just say God I love you with those strings attached you never gave me another gift. You never did another thing for me. Never answered another prayer. I just love you. It's the overflow. So come on, would you stand to your feet this morning? I want to pray for you today. Would you just close your eyes for a moment at the end of our time together today? Come on, every eye closed, just so I can see you. I'm going to ask you a question today, and I'm not going to call you out or pull you forward but I do want to ask you a question you're here today and you just never had a relationship with Christ never given your life to Jesus and you say man I love this this conversation about love does he love me that much yeah he does and he died on a cross for you come on right now if you say Ryan I'd like to start this journey I'm not going to call you out I'm not going to call you forward I'm simply going to pray for you. That's it. You're here today and you'd like to maybe start a journey with Jesus and give your life to him. Would you just place your hand in the air real quick and then put it right back down? Come on, every eye closed. You say, you know what? I just want to serve Jesus. Put your hand up real quick. Amen. Come on. Praise God. Come on. Two folks are giving their lives to Jesus today. Church, would you just keep your eyes closed for a moment? Bible teaches very clearly it's very simple to have a relationship with him it's the starting journey is a simple confession of your mouth that Jesus Christ your Lord and a belief in your heart and then he starts you on a journey where he begins to journey with you and he changes you and transforms you and it's the best experience you'll ever have right now father I just pray for these two folks that raise their hand today Lord, on their, own, on their own ability, their own moment right now, they can just say, Jesus, I confess, you're Lord, my life. And in their heart, they believe. The Bible says they are saved. And that means they'll live an abundant life on this earth. It means that, Lord, when they die, Lord, they will spend an eternity with you. Lord, forever and ever, God, they will have a relationship with you and spend an eternity in the new heaven and the new earth today, God. And we just declare, Jesus, today that they are new to your kingdom, God. They want to know you today. They want to start this journey today. So, Father, we pray for those two people. We just pray right now, God, you be with them as they start this journey. God, every week we've been seeing people give their lives to you, God, and we're so excited about what you're doing in their lives. We confess with our mouth and we believe in our heart that you are Lord. And the Bible says you will be saved. God, we pray for the rest of those in the room today. 
I pray we put our hands down and we let you come in, God. We put our, 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 our mind down and say, okay, God, I'm going to let you in. We would stop fighting what's the inevitable of God's love for us. He's chasing you every day and wants to lavish his love on you. God, I just pray today for every person here that they would go in the love of God, knowing that, God, you love them. You care for them. You've got a plan for them. You've got a purpose for them. And all we have to do is say, yes, God, I receive your love in my life. Lord, we love you and we thank you for an amazing day in your presence. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody said, amen. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.